0: Hello and welcome to the 8th episode of the Fanatic Podcast with Mac and Sid. Today is a special fantasy football episode where we're going to talk about uh, the biggest surprise performers of the year, how Sid and I have done in our respective leagues. We're also going to talk about the busts of the season, um, players that we anticipated to do well and definitely haven't across every platform. We're also going to give you some uh, waiver ads, the best of the year so far, and some coming up into the final week of football. Uh, of course this podcast can be found at fanaticpodcast.com you can check out the website Uh, we've got some articles on there that Sid and I both write so please check those out you can also find all of our episodes there my name is Mac and with me as always my co-host the Sid Master General the Sid himself the Sidious I don't know where to go from that you can stop now So, so Sid. uh, I mean, that actually that reminded me of of Rocky (laughs) when Apollo Creed is getting announced the ring, and he's got like fifteen different
1: nicknames. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I was sitting here, and this dawned on me for the first time today. I don't know why, but Sid and I we've we've known each other for for twenty one years now.
1: That's that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy and uh, somewhat alarming because it kind of makes you think how old you are now.
0: I oh, uh, don't tell me! If, I mean, in February, just a couple of months from now, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be turning the big four zero. Oh my
1: god! What is what do you have planned? Like, what is, is there anything on your bucket list that you had that you wanted to get done, but before you turn forty, that you s- still have a chance to do? Um, I I think that's kind of a moot point <laughs> in the COVID
0: time right now. Um, but no, I mean, no excuses. I, yeah, I, I think I don't know if there's anything in the bucket list per se between now and 40 because I definitely can't get it done. But there is something I'm currently doing. And, um, you know, a, a lot of us here in in this world of COVID, we've, we've been home quarantining and packed on some poundage. And so I I. I put on a little bit of weight that I wasn't happy with. So I had decided uh, as of October 1st, I just decided to do it um, to drop 40 by 40. Oh, so okay. the goal to, yeah, the goal is to lose 40 pounds by the time I turn 40. So gave myself a, a few months. And so far I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I've hit my marks uh, on the two months. Uh, so November 1st, I hit my mark, December 1st, I've hit my mark. Um, so it's looking like it's going to happen, but yeah, I just want to, you know, I, I look at my life and it's like, you know, I've got two, young kids. I've, I've got a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and I want to be able to keep up and make sure I can run around and act crazy as, as you know me from our college days. Uh, I, I've, uh, I've got a lot of energy. I like to run around. So I want to make sure that you know, the, this uh, COVID fat wasn't going to slow me down. Um, but out, outside of that, um, I, one thing I would like to get done, I guess, before I die, you could say, uh, would be. I, I hope I can take my my wife and kids on a European trip. I think that's a big thing I'd love to do with my family um, when the kids are a little bit older and they'll remember it. Um, how, how about you? I mean, you're you're getting close to forty two, aren't you?
1: Yeah. So I'll be forty in October next year. So um, the one thing that I have wanted to do that I I, I plan to do before I turn forty is uh, go skydiving. So that's the that, that That is on the bucket list. That is number one right now, the next thing that I want to do. So, um, I mean, it'll obviously likely happen if it does, if it should, when it should is in the summer next year. So whether I do it by myself or I, you know, I have a, um, you know, a friend, like I know my wife doesn't want to do it. So she's out. But uh, yeah, I'll do it either way. And uh, just something I want to get done and experience once for the first time. I And uh, yeah, that's the, that's the one major thing that I've got that I, I, I definitely want to get done before I turn 40. But there's also yeah. a of, several micro things as well, I would say.
0: What's a micro thing? Give us one micro thing.
1: Well, I mean, a micro thing would be like, so another thing that I've done, like, I guess, probably ever since COVID is um I, i've gotten a little more active uh, i i've start i've started running a little more on a regular basis and um in the summer i ran 10k for the first time so oh, good for you. yeah so that was kind of my goal at that point my i mean my goal was to build on that going into the fall uh but i i, I had an injury and uh set me back a bit so i i've And and now with the colder weather, I mean, I see snowy roads. It's kind of I mean, I'm making excuses here, but um, it's kind of put a hamper on things as well. But I I do plan to get back into uh, building that up. So, I mean, obviously doing 10K on a more of a regular basis, semi-regular basis, and then working my way up to 15. And then hopefully by, um, you know, summer next year, I'll be able to to do a half marathon, which is, I believe, 21K so just over double what my long distance is. So it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, a stretch to to do it. I think, but I mean, I want to, I want to, you know, I, I feel like if I just kind of build myself up there, I, I can, I can get it done. Uh, I'll, I'll, So that'll be that's more of a micro goal. I, I guess that's kind of a bucket list two thing, but it's more of a micro goal from that side. But I mean, ultimately the goal is just to get in better shape, get get better fit. And just be able to to run longer distances, just kind of keep pushing my limits a little bit further and further. So,
0: well, if there's one thing we've learned from this COVID situation in the Denver Broncos is, you know, you and I need to be ready for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to at any moment call us in and say, "Hey, you know, our quarterback has COVID and our running back has COVID. We need you guys to step in and and play." So, I mean, I mean, that's you know, know isn't that that what we're all working towards? Yeah, absolutely. I, I joke, but I mean, that's can I put that on the bucket list that, to take at least one snap for a professional football team? Just one snap. That's all. Even if it's, you know, the kneel down to the game to kill the clock. Um, I, I don't care. I just want to snap the ball once. Um, that, that would be funny for those who don't know. Um, so Sid and I met in college uh, back in 1999. Um, we graduated in, in uh, 2000 together. Um, And then in college anyways, and then uh, Sid was the photographer at my wedding, uh, which was awesome. Those pictures turned out so great. You were so professional. Um, We've also worked together um, both on contracted stuff on the side. And then uh, we worked together uh, in two actual different companies. One was a publishing company and then one, uh, well, the Blue Bombers. We, We worked for the Blue Bombers together. It was a great time. So, we've really gotten to know each other uh, and have known each other for you know like i said twenty one years uh, we both have have two kids now, and uh what's what's it like said when you when you look back, so we met in college and you look at your life now, you know one as as a single man, one as a father, what's the biggest difference between the two really that you can think of on the spot here
1: um, I mean, how fast your, your free time goes? I would say is probably one of the main things is, I mean, you're not going to have the same amount of free time that you once did when you were single or, or when you were, didn't have kids, even like, I mean, you could be married. And the other thing is also on the other side of things is how much pride and and joy you you just get from seeing them evolve, like from, you know, you know, coming out of the womb and then as they grow up, just seeing them change, seeing them learn new things and seeing how much they learn on their own too. Like, I mean, you, you can, you can be a part of their lives and and part of their teaching. And, but then, I mean, I'm continually amazed by how much they just kind of learn from, from life, just, you know, playing with their friends, watching TV at school, all these kinds of things. I mean, obviously they're learning at school. That's a good thing. So, but it just kind of sees how how really how fast they grow up um, and you know you want them to grow up, you want them to to be smart and and you want to see these things happen as they're supposed to uh, I know there's gonna be a day down the line when I look back and I'm like how fast like you know these years went, and you know you 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 want to cherish these moments kind of as they happen, so yeah, so the time factor, and then just seeing your kids evolve. You're seeing your kids evolve and, and grow up. How about you? Yeah, those, what about, those, what about you those are good. You're, you're, you're you know you have had the opportunity, I think, Sid, of of you know being. I, I think, in my opinion, being at home, um, and being being around your kids on a more on a on a you know day in day out basis. Because like I mean, when, I'm, when my kids were at home before school, like both of my kids are in school now, uh, but before that, I mean, I was I was working a nine to five jobs. And, you know, you know, typically, you know, saw them mostly for maybe an hour or two after getting home from work and then on the weekends. Um, but for you, I think you've you've been able to spend a lot of time with them in their, you know, one to five ages kind of thing. And and and, and what, what have you found has been the, the things that you've kind of cherished about that? Well, I'll say,
0: you know, my circumstance is very fortunate that I'm able to work from home. I know a lot of parents, they don't have that ability. They would they would love to, but they just don't have that ability. And we've been really fortunate that, you know, basically the entirety of, of I mean, when my son was born, I, I was working for the Bombers. Literally, I think I started for the Bombers. And just a couple of weeks later, my son was born. So, but I mean, for the majority of their lives, I've been working from home. And, and I would say that the one thing, and, and You know, my dad is an amazing dad. He is an amazing, loving, amazing dad. But he had to have a lot of jobs that took him away from home a lot of times. Um, And so there was things that I missed out on a little bit, not having around every day, that when I look at my kids now that they have access to me every day, I cherish that because it's just we're, we're ever so present. And there's so many teachable moments. And there's so many little things that, you know, if I was away working, I might've missed like their first steps or their first words or, you know, things like that, that it's like, Oh man, I got to be a part of all of that. There's nothing, there's nothing I can say that I've really missed. And I think, you know, that is one thing I, I I appreciate is just all the time I've been able to spend. And, you know, this circumstance could change, you know, 2021 um, finances could change and I might have to, go and work at nine to five. And it would kill me to be away from my kids, you know, for eight hours a day and, and then only get to spend a few hours with them and then they're off to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I I feel for parents who, you know, that is their life and it's, you know, a, a little bit harder. But, um, you know, looking back to, to college to now, I, I guess freedom of flight um, is kind of gone when your kids are really little where you can't just, hey, let's, you know, fly to Miami together you know it's it it takes more planning now and it's more expensive now and and now in COVID you can't go anyways (laughs) um but but yeah I I agree with your sentiment that just seeing them grow up seeing them develop personalities um it's weird when I I look at my son and I see so much of the things that I did and said and liked as a kid that I haven't influenced on him I haven't pushed it on him but yet he's doing those same things that I did, liking the same things I did. And so it's kind of a mind trip sometimes. Um, but yeah, I get emotional all the time. You know, especially if, if you know, my son, my daughter, she's not talking fully yet. But my son, like if he un unprovoked and unasked, just says that he loves me, like I... I like, I get emotional. I, I lose it. Like, it's just like, cause you didn't ask him to say it he just said it out of the kindness of his heart. It popped into his head. Um, so things like that are just, are just really cool. I I love being a dad. I think it, it was just an instant change. And I think I never realized how selfish I was until I became a parent because you'll, you'll agree with this, that once you become a parent, it's no longer about you. <laughs> it's all about, you know, your kids and it's all about your wife and making sure they're happy, making sure, you know, that they're well taken care of. And it's no longer about what I want, what I, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a nice change of pace to, to care about somebody so much that, you know, so I, I, I like that aspect. So, so uh, yeah, today's episode, uh, we're all talking about fantasy football, not the Mariah Carey fantasy song, um, but fantasy football. So Sid, you want to, you know, Enlighten the world to those who don't know what fantasy football well is. i mean if you're
1: if you've been under a rock for the last few years or or have paid no attention to to sports uh, why are you listening to this podcast for one but no. uh, <laughs> uh, number two is i mean you have at some point in your in your in your in your life have heard about fantasy sports fantasy football in general i mean I think I would have to agree and say that fantasy football over the last few years even has uh, just skyrocketed in popularity. Um, even two, three, three years ago, it, you know, it was something I knew nothing about and really didn't care to know anything about it. Um, it. Sometimes it just takes getting into a league to then kind of appreciate it. And it all depends on if you're, if you have the time to devote to, you know, analyze uh, analyzing teams and, and stats and knowing what everything means and you kind of build up to it. So it all depends on what you're in for. But I mean, you know, fantasy sports in general are, are definitely a good way to remain connected to people, especially right now, um, you know, with us, everyone being at home, so to speak. And uh, definitely a, a, a distraction from the everyday stresses of life, just in general with work and kids and everything else you've got going on, be able to, you know, have something that you own that you've created that you've built and, and see what it, what it can do on a weekend and week out basis. It's uh, definitely an engaged way to be a super fan out there. So, um, you know, fantasy football, I mean, they've created several different ways, how, how people can be involved, how can, how they can, they can play in, in different leagues. Uh, I think the, the main types of play out there, are the um, one, the dynasty or the, the keeper league, so to speak, where uh, you basically, and I think that's kind of the those are the leagues Mac that you're most familiar with uh, out there, where you you keep most, if not all, of your players on a on a on a season by season basis. Um, I've only been, I've only played. First of all, I've only played fantasy football. This is my only my second season ever doing this, so I'm still fairly new to the whole process and understanding everything. But I've only done the seasonal, like the redraft leagues, where you basically kind of start fresh every season. With a new team and doing a draft at the beginning of the season, and then uh, and then now there's the ever popular uh, DFS, which is like the uh, the weekly, um, uh, the weekly uh, playing. And, and usually, typically, it's going to be for, for some sort of money. Uh, you're you're going to put some money on the line, but you're basically going to draft a, a different team every week based on a certain allotment of dollars that you've got to spend. And then see how that how that team performs uh, during the week's games, and, and there's uh, different platforms for that, like DraftKings and FanDuel. So, but I mean, platforms for all of this. I mean, most of the popular ones are, are out there as well. So, um, you know, definitely a lot of ways, and and every year there's getting more ways to be involved in this too as well. So, uh, I, I think I think like I said, Mac, you you've been involved in in, uh, in mostly in, in your in your fantasy career in the uh, in the keeper leagues. So if you I uh, want to mention, kind of talk a little bit about how that has been for you, like why you enjoy that so much.
0: Yeah, I guess I've been in, <clears throat> I was just thinking of this today. Um, I guess I've been in fantasy football and, and really fantasy sports for a, at least 20 years. Um, I, I know I was in a hockey league. I think my first foray in, into fantasy was was a hockey league. And I, and I know um, I was just coming out of high school when I had joined that one. So, I mean, it, it's been more than 20 years, but been in it 20 years, basically. Um, the one thing I'll say that I, I love about fantasy sports. And for those who, who don't do it and, and are considering maybe dipping your toe in, I find that it makes you care about the sport more. Um, like you're more interested in the sport instead of, you know, for me, I, I grew up a Miami dolphins fan, for example, so I really only cared about the Miami Dolphins, and I really only ever watched the Miami Dolphins. I didn't care about the other teams. But being involved in fantasy, um, you spend more time watching more games. You become invested in, in players on other teams. And I just feel like it broadens your, your viewpoint and your scope um, into the sport in general. And um, so it, that's one thing I've really loved and benefited as far as the dynasty type leagues, the keeper leagues, um, now I've I've dipped my toe in every kind of league, and I, I prefer dynasty leagues myself. Um, and the reason being is I like the idea that you can build as you go. You can build your team. Um, you can you know you draft you know your first your first overall draft is basically you know setting the how you want your team to look like moving forward. And the nice thing is, is you can have a bad week or a bad season and know that you're going to carry over X amount of players into the next season and then add more in the draft and free agency. So it's, it's a constant process that you get to see You know where you started on day one to where you are in season four or five. Um, in the current keeper league that I'm in right now, uh, we started it in 2012. So this keeper league that I'm in right now, we've been going since 2012. Um, I'm a three-time champ in this particular league. The most recent one was was last year. I'm actually, I'm the defending champ right now. Um, but it's crazy. Like we've had um, teams with losing records that end up winning um, the championship. So it, you know, it, it really can go any way. But I'm, I'm a fan of the keeper leagues that you can keep it going. I, I don't like the idea of having to reset every year. Um you know, especially if there's certain players that, you know, you worked hard to get and you want to hang on to them and now you can't, they're ripped from your hands, or gone. Um, So I'm not a fan of those. The weekly ones are, are kind of an interesting way that if you don't want to commit to a full season, you just want to play. There there are free ones like NFL.com has a free one that you can just set your, your weekly line and, and I believe you can win money and prizes and stuff. So that kind of stuff can be fun, um, but for me, I've found the most success and the most fun being in in
1: keeper right. leagues. So how many? So tell me about your roster. So how many how many players are on your roster, and then how many of those do you get to keep at the end of the season?
0: Oh boy! That'll so <laughs> we it, well, no, it's just the league that we're that I'm in right now. It's it's quite a big roster. I mean, it's it's going to go down next year a little bit it worked out this year because of covid actually um, we really needed the bigger roster this year because there were so many players that either went on ir for 3 or weeks COVID. or who got covid and see so exactly so we got we, having the bigger roster this year was kind of nice we like we have a, a, a sizable bench as far as uh, the keepers uh, it goes down every year so this last year uh, we kept 25 players on our on our roster next year it's going to drop down to 20 okay. Um, But the starting, the starting roster um, basically looks like this. You can have, uh, you start one quarterback and you can have up to a max of three on the team. Um, But most, yeah. um, But yeah, you can only start one. You can start, uh, there's two running backs, two wide receivers, uh, tight end, kicker, defensive team. And then we have um, this uh, running back wide receiver tight end spot where you can Put either one of those three there's four spots there Um, we also put uh yes those are yeah yeah those would be flex but no but no quarterbacks yeah yeah you can't like some leagues play that you can add a quarterback in there we don't it's yeah um and then there's the flex uh individual defensive players of four um so we actually have defensive players that you can play um, and then, you know, your, your defensive team would be different. And then I think I said kicker already. Um, and so we put limits. So for example, kicker, you can only have two max on your team defense. You can only have two max on your team and really you only carry two just for bye week purposes anyways. But you know, this prevents people from hoarding kickers and hoarding defensive teams because there's only so many. Right. Um, so that's how, that's how our league is set up. Um, our scoring is done really differently too. Um, like there's a lot of bonus points that you can get. So while most leagues, you know, if a player hits 30 points, that's an incredibly good week. Um, whereas our, our players get way more than that. Um, like it's not unnormal normal for uh, a quarterback to get over a hundred points not. or a running back to get okay. 60 to 80. Yeah. So like our point totals, like we have point categories like crazy. Um, so, you know, our scores are, you know, in the hundreds. Like you could win 450 to, to 420, whereas other leagues, it might be, you know, 80 to 75 and 100 to like 98. Like it's much, much lower. So I, I for for us, it's, it's kind of a, a lot more exciting that way.
1: That is very, yeah, that sounds very exciting. Uh, to see how many points I'm, um, your scoring format, you don't have to go into detail about that. Uh, I mean, scoring formats in every league is going to be, you know, a little bit different everywhere you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously more points definitely sounds, uh, sounds exciting for sure. So, um, so you kind of mentioned, yeah, you've given a little bit of your, your, your credit this year, um, you know, nine, three, and oh, number one in your division and in league um, myself. Uh, so I, I've, Sorry. Did you mention what platform you were playing on? Um, I, my current league, I'm
0: in NFL.com. So for those who are, you know, looking to get into fantasy football, the most uh, popular um, ones are Yahoo, NFL.com, ESPN, sleeper app. And then there's one called my fantasy league, but you have to pay to be in that one and it's not cheap, but there's a whole bunch of features. So if you're looking for a good free one with a lot of options, Yahoo, NFL.com and ESPN are probably the three most popular. Um, I prefer NFL.com. I, I just think it has the most options. Where where are you at? You're at a completely different one. Yeah, so we
1: I've I've only been familiar with Sleeper. So Sleeper is is basically only an app, like you run it through your smartphone. Um, but you know, for lack of comparisons, I, I think it's been it's been purposeful and, and I don't I don't think it goes into as much in depth in, in depth. Uh, analysis as it sounds like yours do but um, so in my league right now I am I am five and seven um, I'm I'm in eighth place right now so in that last last playoff spot and uh, it'll be exciting because I'm obviously then I'm I'm uh, you know if I win this week the, the last week of the regular season I am I am officially in the playoffs if I lose obviously I think I have to hope for a couple of other teams to lose as well um, but What's your What's your team name, okay. Sid? So my team name That's a good question. My team name is uh is a, a play on because uh, I'm a big fan of The Office, uh, the TV show The Office. And so my so the name okay. of my team is The night of the Knights, which is the if you're familiar with The Office, it is uh, and Dwight, he had a uh like a yeah, neighborhood yeah exactly watch. a neighborhood watch uh group called the night of the night so i it was just my play on on the office there i wanted to have an office theme name and and i thought um uh, there was another one i had i can't i can't remember off the top of my head it's but i've seen it oh the scranton stranglers i've seen it um i've seen that that name (laughs) a lot so i figured oh this was a little more a little more less obvious and uh yeah so that's what i went with what about your what's what's your name nice
0: my, my name is, and this is the first year, by the way, this is the first season that I didn't have Dolphins in the name. Um, I'm almost always the Macville Dolphins, but this year I went with to a legit ah, to a go. quit. Play
1: on the players, yeah. Play, play on the name of the players, yeah. 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 yeah, I think yeah. Last year, I was last year. My team name was No Place Like Mahomes, which I mean, I will not take credit for that one. But <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of guys have some fun with the name. That's another thing. I mean, be creative. Have a, have a fun name. It doesn't matter if anybody else in your league doesn't get it or doesn't think it's funny. It's like as long as you like it, run with it, right? So,
0: so well, one one thing that we do is because uh, we have divisions yeah. in our league. And so every year we decide on a theme, um, like I like we've done Mel Brooks as a theme, and and so you you know you have divisions based on Mel Brooks movies and team names and stuff like that. Um, we like we've done Ace Ventura and and all that kind of stuff. And then this year, um, one division like we kind of did sci-fi, so one division is based on Star Wars with Death Star, and another division is Borg Cube from nice. Star Trek. So so we got some cool names like First Order Troopers, um, Resistance is Futile, the Borg Drones. Um, so like s- some people really go with it and and, and I, I find that kind of fun. And so every year we decide, you know, what the theme is going to be. So it just adds kind of an extra little fun aspect to, to playing fantasy football.
1: Nice. I like that. Um, so why don't we get into kind of uh, just a few of our things about in regards to um, you know, booms of the season, busts of the season. I mean, biggest surprise performers. Let's, you know, it's 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 funny because like, I think one of the main, one of the biggest things for me when starting fantasy football was really, I mean, knowing what matters. Like, it's not so much as yeah, stats are important. Like a guy who who runs for like a like a running back who runs rushes for a hundred hundred touches or a hundred yards on, you know, twenty touches gonna get you some points, but the value of how important touchdowns are. So not just not just the yardage, but getting touchdowns. Um quarterbacks who are multi-dimensional, like who are not just pocket back in the pocket and you know throw passes, they gotta be able to run, um, add that second dimension to the to the to the game as well to be a successful quarterback in the fantasy world. And uh yeah, just and also, you know, I mean, again, based on the league that you're in, I mean, you could be getting a half a point for every catch, or a full point for every catch. So, I mean, running backs out there who are just as good as catching the ball as they are running the ball will be worth their weight in gold. I mean, those will be the the highlight guys that you want to uh, probably draft uh, as soon as possible every year. So, so I would- yeah, I, I would say
0: I would say immediately when you join a, uh, a fantasy, um, league to make sure you clearly understand how the points work. Because as Sid was saying, um, a lot of leagues have PPR leagues, which is points per reception, um, or even points per carry. So if you're in a league where, you know, you get rewarded for every touch of the ball, you get as a running back, every catch you get as a wide receiver running back. Um, if they count points for return yeah. yards, that's a big one too. Um, so things like that become very familiar with the points because it completely changes your strategy uh, when you get down to drafting. And as Sid was alluding to as well, you can have a quarterback who uh, maybe has a losing record in real life in the NFL. Like maybe their team isn't doing well, but in fantasy football, if they're throwing up, you know, 40, 50 throws a game and, and they're getting three, 400 yards a game, despite the fact they're losing, that's yeah. big fantasy points you know, so keep that in mind that just because the team might be losing, if you have a quarterback that throws a lot of yards, that's a good quarterback yeah, to go and off. I, of.
1: I, I can't help but think just this past week, because uh, in, in my, on my team, I, I had Drew Brees. So he went down, went on the injured reserve. So I ultimately picked up Taysom Hill. And so he played for me last week. And if you're, if you remember the game, I mean, it was, it was all rushing. Like they're like, Taysom Hill passed for like 78 yards. He was barely 50%. He threw a pick, like no touchdowns. And I mean, yeah, he rushed for 44 yards and he had two picks, but that's what made him at least respectable in the points department for my quarterback. So he kind of, he kind of saved me there because he was had that two dimensions. I mean, who's going to say that a quarterback who goes like nine of 13 or nine of 16 or whatever it was for 78 yards and a pick is going to, is going to, You know, be valuable to you on your team, and and luckily, like I said, he he came away with some points for me, and 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 ultimately saved the, saved the week for me with that with that kind of play. So, I mean, like I said, you, I mean, it's really, I mean, really look at all aspects of what's going to give you the scoring, because, um, you know, in 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 the quarterback scoring in my league, passing touchdowns, where the quarterback throws a pass into the end zone, is worth four points, but yet if that quarterback keeps the ball and plunges into the end zone. That's worth six points. So like factor in that when you're making your decisions and on what, what quarterbacks out there, you know, keep the ball on goal line on goal line plays and we'll, we'll sneak the ball in. So that's, that's an important thing to also kind of consider as well. But um, yeah. So anyway, I wanted to like, yeah, so let's talk about uh, some surprise performers for you Mac, this year. So, Uh, I know we've seen, I mean, every year you're going to see guys who weren't on your radar at the beginning of the season kind of jump off the page, um, you know, put up some good, some, some really good numbers. Uh, So who are, who are your, uh, who are your top performers this year?
0: Um, So I'll, I'll say my biggest surprises. So guys that I didn't expect to be as high as, as they were. Um, So for quarterback, I mean, like if this guy isn't on everybody's list, then whatever, So like Justin Herbert being a top five fantasy football quarterback performer, nobody saw that coming like at all. Um, The guy's thrown for over 3000 yards. He's thrown for 23 touchdowns, which is big. He's ran in for three touchdowns, which is big. So in our league, in our system, um, he's the one, two, three, four. He's the fifth um, highest scored quarterback. And uh, there's not much that separates him actually from moving up to third. So he was a huge surprise for me um, at wide receiver DK Metcalf. Like my goodness. Yeah. Like I knew he was good. I didn't expect him to be yeah. a top three performer. Um, that, that guy is dominant. Um, a really big surprise to me at tight end was, was Darren Waller. Um, I did not expect him to be in the top five, let alone top three in fantasy football performers um, and a close second to him. Is Robert Tanyan. I mean, he's got seven touchdowns. I did not well, see yeah, that coming in that, Green Bay kind of, at all.
1: He's he's so, come on as, as of late more too, right? So I mean, that was that's been yeah. a big surprise and, and and definitely one of the the higher waiver ads I would say if he wasn't on your roster already uh, for the season. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Who else can yeah. you got? Oh, for
0: sure. I don't I I don't think no. he was really drafted by anybody. And he's already like in our league, he's already cracked the top nine in fantasy points. And and that's over like a recent body of work. Plus he's been injured and missed games. So that's pretty incredible. He's, he's a keeper for sure. Um, And then at kicker, I actually, I drafted him. um, I think with my third last pick in the draft, because I I don't take kickers high, but we'll get into that later. Um, But Jason Sanders uh, kicker from Miami dolphins. I did not expect him. Uh, like I was, I think I'd hoped he would be top 10, maybe top five. He's the number one scoring fantasy kicker, um, in most leagues. So he's, he's, uh, in our league, he's three points ahead of, uh, young yeah. Hoku. And then everybody else is like miles away. And so the reason why he does so well in leagues, especially in, in our league, cause we, we, we reward, um, longer kicks. So he's made eight of 50 or more yards, um, which is more than anybody in the NFL. So he's like, those are big time points in our league. And I know a lot of leagues reward extra points for kicking those kinds. Um, and then finally the uh, new Orleans defense. I did not expect them uh, to be as good as they are there in our league that the number one ranked defense uh, by quite a bit, and I know that they're top two or top three in almost every single league um, out there in fantasy. So those are the ones that I found to be the biggest surprise performers, uh, people and and the team, but I didn't expect to crack the top three. Um, how about for you? What are the biggest well, yeah, booms I, that you've seen this season and, so far? Say,
1: like, I mean, I, I definitely agree with uh, those su- surprise performers for you there, Mac. Um, I just, I mean, I'm talking about guys here that are, just jumped off the page. I mean, as they were expected to do, but um, in in very uh, prolific fashion. So I mean, start off with Derrick Henry. I mean, this guy has, like I said in our previous podcast, three hundred yard games uh, in a row, seven on the season. Um, but he's he's a bruising back. Like I mean, he'll he'll bust through players, break tackles, uh, get touchdowns. Uh, he's been a, a massive pickup for every team. I mean, you arguably say he's, you know. Top two or three in the league uh, in terms of production. Alvin Kamara is another guy who has been a uh, um, a, a dynamic performer because he's he is two dimensional. I mean, he catches, he runs, he does it all. Uh, he's been part of an offense where I mean, Drew Brees is you know has played well, but hasn't been the Drew Brees that we've remembered him as, and he's kind of been the more of the dink and dunk kind of guy. So having your your running back. Um, you know, in the flat somewhere is, is going to be ideal. And he's, he's taken, he's taken advantage of that for sure. Uh, Tyree kill. I mean, I think, I mean, based on our point structure, he put up a, a 50 burger on the weekend. So, I mean, he had a, he had a monster performance, three touchdowns is going to do that 200 yard over 200 yards. Receivings will do that. And, but I mean, he's been consistent, reliable. I mean, definitely a top end receiver, and Travis Kelsey, I mean, number one tight end, um, expected as expected going in, and it has not disappointed. Um, Josh Allen, I guess I would you probably want to add as a as a bit of a surprise in terms of QB, wouldn't you say? I mean, even though he kind of has been a little hot and cold, um, but he has put up some some good numbers um, throughout the season so far. And then Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes thing, doing Patrick Mahomes things, and Russell Wilson. You know, two guys who can can carry the ball just as good as they can uh, pass the ball. So having those aspects of those things, I mean, you've seen some really good some really good players. Uh, I mean, and if you had any one of these guys on your roster this season, you're probably not doing too bad. I would probably have to say. And if you had more than one of them, then you're probably top three in your league, I would say.
0: So I'm, I'm going to sure, sure. toot my horn here, <laughs> Sid, because I'm, I'm just, I, I didn't actually realize this till right now. So I'm just going to go over a couple of players. So quarterbacks, I've got the number one scoring quarterback in our league, which is Patrick Mahomes for running backs. I have the second highest scoring running back in our league, which is Camara wide receiver. I have the highest scoring wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. Tight end, I have the highest scoring tight end in Travis Kelsey. And then kicker, the highest scoring kicker in Sanders. And defensive player, I have the highest scoring Mm -hmm. defensive player in TJ Watt. So (laughs) I I didn't I didn't actually realize that till right now that I had like the tops in in almost all those categories. So Uh, I thought that was (laughs) because you know what? Poor management. You know, I just I didn't scheme. And I and I just made some poor decisions. Um, it, it's there's so many games where I leave somebody on the bench that gets a monster game, and I'm just like, oh, what did you oh. do, Mac? Like, my goodness, make make better <laughs> decisions in life.
1: Uh, <laughs> Mac, wh- have, who have you seen this year who you know you expected to do well in some form or, or a fashion that uh, that hasn't that didn't that was basically a, a you know a waste of a roster spot.
0: Um so when I look at busts of the season I look at guys who were drafted uh in, in your fantasy draft and probably drafted or or kept um at a at a rather high spot and I also take out uh the equation of major injuries so if you if you know if you missed the majority of the season due to injury I'm not going to call your season a bust but if you're playing bad up to the injury then that's a different story so um, for running backs that were taken really high and expectations were set pretty high, uh, my bus at running back, uh, I think the top yeah. ones would be Leonard Fournette, um, has not lived up to anything. Um, Le'Veon Bell, who was expected to have a, oh, yeah. a big season for the Jets, uh, that didn't that didn't happen. Um, Zeke Elliott and Saquon Barkley. I mean, yeah. there was an injury there to, to, to Barkley, but you know, n- neither of them have played up to the way that we expected them um, so far this year. Um, in Buffalo, a lot of people, myself included, I didn't draft him, but myself included, expected Devin Singletary to take the leap this year, and he he hasn't done anything at all. So for running backs, those would be my my bust. What yeah, what else so, I mean- do you think?
1: You know, you nailed the head. Of the, you nailed it on the head. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to knock too hard on guys who, you know, got injured. I mean, obviously, I mean, Christian McCaffrey. I guess you could call him a bust, even though I mean, he he has performed when he's been playing. But I mean, chances are, in most leagues, he was drafted one or two, um, overall, right? So I mean, to have and so you, you're putting a lot of stock in a guy like that, and then to have him. I mean, I think he's only played thirty percent of the game so far this season. I mean, he's been he was he was injured, um, and then came back and then got injured again and he's still out. Uh, Carolina's on a bye this week. So if he comes back after the bye, you know, likely, but again, you you've you've counted on you've tried to count on him uh, to be somebody who's been able to to you know take a a bulk of the of the production and uh that's a been unfortunate i'd probably you mentioned le Le'Veon belt i'd probably say just in general the the jets running backs overall i mean you 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 thought going in that the jets at least i thought the jets would have been a team who would have looking been looking to rely on the rush a lot more uh just because of um you know the the kind of team they have their quarterback. And really, I mean, if you've got any running back on the Jets on your roster, you're probably you've probably been hurting and pounding the wall a bit because uh, the production really hasn't been there. I would say, right, Sid? If Sid, if
0: you have anybody on the, on the on the New York Jets on your team, yes. let alone the starting roster. I, I would guarantee you probably don't have a yeah. winning season. Um, you, you shouldn't be playing anybody for the Jets. I mean, right now I, I could say, you know, Frank Gore has uh, suddenly yeah. picked it up a little bit here, but do not rely on the Jets week to week. Like you, you just, you can't, unless you're in desperation
1: mode, do not yeah, start if a new Jet Frank your Gore as your As your RB1, you're, you're in trouble. That's for sure. I assume
0: it's because your your one through five yeah, choices exactly. are all injured or in COVID. And then
1: uh, wide receivers. I mean, we've had a we've had a string of of wide receivers who have kind of had high expectations as well. Um, Michael Thomas, obviously being one. I mean, he, yeah, he got hurt, but I mean, he's back now. He's you know, quote unquote healthy, and uh, you know, still still not putting up the numbers that we kind of expected him to. So he was a bust for me on my roster. Had him for so long. I actually did end up trading him. Um, I think it was a game after he he got back. I just kind of got tired of it, and I was able to get something of value for him, so I did. Um, so so let's let's add in here, Sid.
0: So for those listening, yes, Sid is exactly. not so in I, a dynasty so league.
1: We're not. Um, I'm, the, yeah, these non dynasty leagues. I mean, these uh, these seasonal redrafts. Uh, Trades happen like crazy. Like they, they, you'll see multiple trades sometimes happen in one day, and it's not just player for player. It's 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 two to three players. Um, it's a it's a big group group thing. I I, I couldn't believe how many trades happened this season in our league, and um, this was only a one for one trade, and I I I, I took uh, I traded Michael Thomas away for Todd Gurley, so it was it was a move that I was like, you know jump at the opportunity or not. Like I, I, I said, I was afraid of what was going to happen because it was right after, um, <clears throat> Drew Brees got, got hurt. I was thinking, okay, that probably means his production is going to fall off the map. Um, he had a decent game a couple weeks ago, but he was, he was, he was shut out last week. So, I mean, remains to be seen. We'll see what the playoffs bring. um, in that regard to see if it it ended up paying off or not. I mean, I think it'll be fairly even in the long run if you factor it out. So at least I wasn't like, at least he didn't explode after I got rid of him, which is uh, always what you're afraid of when you look at a trade like that too. So, uh, Matt Hoover, summer your wide receiver bust for the season.
0: Um, so the guys, I'm just pulling up my draft recap here. The two guys that hurt me, or sorry, the three guys, (laughs) that hurt me the most. Um, so Michael Thomas was my keeper um, and, and he has really hurt me this year, like mega big time. Um, but I also drafted in my uh, top five picks. I took Chris Godwin um, from Tampa and I took Jerry Judy out of Denver and um, they've done nothing for me this year, like at all. Um, so, you know, Judy and, 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 uh, and Godwin and Thomas have really hurt my team personally um, outside of them, Emmanuel Sanders has been kind of a, a like he he had moments where it well, looked like okay that. he's gonna be the guy with Thomas out and he, he yeah and and he really hasn't in a fantasy perspective in real NFL I mean he's doing decent but in 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 fantasy no uh, Golden Tate another one that uh, a lot of like he was drafted uh, in in the early rounds I think uh, between the fourth and seventh round in most leagues. So there was a lot of expectation there, and he hasn't lived up to it. Um, and then uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, of course he got injured, but up to being injured, he really only had a couple of games where he looked like himself. Otherwise, I mean, he was not his consistent self at all, for,
1: especially for where he gets drafted uh, very yeah, early in a lot I of agree. weeks. I um, agree with all those. Um trying to think of, I mean – it probably not a huge a, a huge thing, but I mean another position, uh, Indianapolis. Like their wide receivers. I mean, I think I thought I thought um, there would have been at least a little more of a of a you know one receiver that would have stood out in Indianapolis, and more on a consistent basis. I mean, T. Y. Hilton is really I thought was the number one guy out of there, but I mean his his production has been. Uh, very hit and miss, and it's been a bit of a bit a bit of a bust, in my opinion. I never had him on my roster, but I know I know who did, and it just it you know for for how good Indy's defense is, and I mean their their offense has been has come from a variety of sources, and it's really hard to kind of peg and see who has come from. So, I mean, really, if you if you've got any of the receivers on Indianapolis, you're you're probably you know. You've probably seen a, a few a few uh, bum games out of the season so far from from some some of those guys. So I mean, you know, Ty, yeah. bats, Pascal, Michael, I, I Hillen, think, all I, those guys have have been hot and cold, and and nobody's really worth keeping on your on your roster from a week to week basis, right? Yeah,
0: I think if if you were going into the season with the expectations of any uh, Indianapolis wide receiver or any Bengal wide receiver as being, you know, the guy that's going to help your team, I think you're, you're very sorely disappointed. Both those teams, their wide receivers have basically done nothing this year. And I, and I agree with you. I think Indy's the biggest disappointment because Rivers is a gunslinger. Rivers likes to throw the ball a lot. Um, and, and he has a lot of, you know, he throws the ball deep. He's, he's an accurate quarterback. Um, so I think a lot of people expected all of those wide receivers to be greatly elevated Um, So I a hundred percent agree with you that I think if you had an indie wide receiver, um, yeah, it's, it's been a terrible season in in the fantasy perspective. Um, Let's go to tight ends here um, because there's, there's some big names on here that have not delivered. uh, These are guys again, that were drafted fairly high or were were kept from league to league. Um, I think Rob, Rob Gronkowski, I mean, there shouldn't have been a huge expectation, but I think the thought of pairing him with, with Tom Brady and the fact that there was so many options, I think a lot of people expected his touchdown production to be really high. Um, and he started off really, really slow. He's probably a good waiver ad now. Um, but if you drafted him and you've held on to him, you've <laughs> probably suffered greatly yeah. as him being your top tight end. Um, my two biggest disappointments, and I own one of them, uh, were Mike Gusecki of uh, the Dolphins and Dallas Goddard of, of the Eagles. Um, just because, you know, those two guys have so much potential to be complete game changers. And in the games that they've been great, they've been great, but they've been super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And if if those two guys are, are your number one tight ends, uh, you've probably had quite the headache of, your of the list. season.
1: Uh, as well because it was a guy who i i did have um is zach ertz so i mean that's going to i guess the other uh mm-hmm. the other philly tight end right so um i thought zach ertz had really had a really high ceiling at the start of this year and i mean a lot of the 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 experts kind of predicted as well too and um i can't remember what position i drafted him in but it was it was fairly high and he was rather quiet i mean he, he's he's only had one touchdown this season and then, yeah, he got, he gets hurt. And, and that was, that was the end of him so far. I mean, he's yet to come back yet. And we'll see what he, if, what he does, if anything, um, once he does come back. But yeah, I mean, that was, that guy was a bust for sure. I, I would agree. I would say on, uh, at the tight end spot, wouldn't you say?
0: Oh, for sure. And guys that were drafted yeah. really high as well, uh, Hunter Henry out of uh, L.A. and Austin Hooper out of Cleveland. Um, Henry with only three touchdowns, Hooper with only two touchdowns. Um, huge, huge busts on the season as far as fantasy goes. Um, those, they, they were expected to be tight end ones for, for a lot of teams and were drafted pretty high for a tight yeah. end. And, yeah, those round <laughs> out the, the bust for sure. Um, <laughs> quarterbacks. Oh, quarterback. Let's talk quarterbacks. Um, Yeah, so in in our league, uh, quarterbacks generally get the most amount of points in a season, Um, even though they're they're not drafted very high for whatever reason. um, They generally get the majority of the points. So um, guys that we expect um, to be putting up a lot of points that haven't been, uh, I'll name a couple and I'll let you name a couple. Um, but perhaps the biggest bus for sure, Lamar Jackson, um, really hasn't lived up to how high he was picked in, in most leagues. Um, Matthew Stafford, uh, who's usually an outstanding, um, fantasy performer, even though like his stats on the field aren't always great, but he's usually a pretty big fantasy performer has not lived up to it. And Kirk Cousins. Um, not living up to how high he gets he chosen fantasy wise. Yeah, like I mean, Who else do you got it, for QB bus? Uh,
1: some good games in there for sure, but it hasn't been consistent. I mean, he's a he's a guy that you know typically can can um, actually. What did I what did I read the other day? He's he has. I I, can't, I don't know how old he is, but um, I think it was he's got more games at his age where he's thrown for over 300 yards and three touchdowns, then I believe uh, like Aaron Rodgers did and and Tom Brady did. I'm not, I, I don't quote me this. This is, I'm just kind of remembering this from what I saw, but, but anyway, like, I mean, he's a, he's a good stats guy. He can be, but again, it's the, it's the consistency level that you see. And that's kind of what you want because when you're, like you said, your quarterback is simply going to be your guy who's putting up the most points in your roster. You really are kind of relying on that to, to, to make your week the way it is. So, um, you know, picks can, can hurt that. Uh, But again, not throwing touchdowns can hurt that as well. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you can definitely argue him that, that he's been a bust this year. Um, Yeah. Well, cousins. Yeah. Cousins, cousins has two games where
0: he didn't throw for 200 yards and he's only, and he's only got, he's only got three games where he threw for over 300. So, yeah. and and he even had a game where he didn't throw any touchdowns. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's yeah. going I mean, yeah. you to kill you. Especially if he's your starting quarterback, that's going to kill you.
1: For sure. I mean, um, he has, I mean, you know, you look at his numbers and they, you, you think that he, at least he's been respectable. Like his numbers alone are not going to be indicative of, you know, wins and losses, so to speak. But from, again, from a fantasy performance aspect, he's, he's definitely been a bust. He was a quarterback that, I know in our league was probably I think he was the seventh or eighth quarterback that was drafted, and I don't think the guy uh, who who uh, drafted him is using him anymore. He's just kind of sitting on the bench right now. And uh, and Cam Newton, another one. I mean, another guy who you know you'd think because he's you know multi dimensional guy who's got the legs to run is gonna is gonna week in and week out at least give you give you um, those those numbers that you need, I don't think it's been there for him this year. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's turned the ball over several times and that's going to hurt you. He's also, uh, he's also just been generally cold in some aspects as well. So to have that reliability factor is Cam Newton is somebody, somebody who I, um, I wouldn't really trust out there. I mean, the game that they just had on the weekend um, in, in my league, at least, I mean, I think he amounted to like six points, um, I don't remember his stats off the top of my head, but I mean, to get six points from your quarterback when, you know, in, in most leagues he's going to get you or he should get you 20, 25, 30, uh, it's going to set you up, in a, put you in a hole really fast for sure. Yeah, so here's a crazy
0: stat on Cam Newton. Cam Newton is rostered in 70.3% of leagues. So 70.3% he's on a roster, which blows my mind. The guy went six games that he started without throwing a touchdown. Six games. And he's, he's got games where he didn't even throw 100 yards. So like, I, I don't understand. There, there must be – I mean, those must be I – don't, I don't even understand why he's rostered. I think there's much – you're better off uh, rostering Ryan Fitzpatrick than you are Cam Newton. I mean, I can't believe it's seventy yeah, percent. That's I big. did not expect to see it that high. That's crazy.
1: So we want to go on to uh, maybe let's talk about some waiver ads. I mean, this is going to be. I mean, I I, I thought we could maybe talk about some some guys who maybe you know been your 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 biggest ads of the season. You know, offsetting hopefully offsetting those those busts that you might have had on your roster too. Um, you know, I think you mentioned Justin Herbert as, as being a um, one of your top surprises of the season. I think, I mean, he would probably be considered your, your one of your number one top waiver ads if he wasn't on your roster. I mean, he was a backup quarterback at the start of the season, so he probably wasn't on too many people's rosters uh, right off the gate. So I'd consider him a waiver ad for sure. You probably had him on your roster after the first week of games. Um, so, I mean, he would be considered a, a, a top waiver ad. And then there's, there's quite a few running backs who have, who have come into play who really, I mean, really weren't in too much in the discussion at the start of the season. I mean, James Robertson, probably one of the top ones. Miles um, Gaskin, to some extent, Kareem Hunt, who's still, con- who's still contributing to that offense uh, on the in the running back side, based on how many rushing yards uh, that team is is pumping out every week. And then other guys like Mike Davis, who's filled in, um, you know, somewhat nicely for for Christian McCaffrey. As well, uh, who else do you see out there as being, you know, some guys that you were happy to have picked up at the running back position throughout the season? Um, <laughs> you, kind of good you question. You, have you been fairly lucky on uh, that, on pro- that in your in your in your running back spot? Like, who are your running backs right now?
0: Um, my running backs. Let, let me go to my of team. Head. I have. Yeah, okay. No, well, I've got Kamara. Like, Alvin Kamara is my top guy. I've got Nick Chubb. Um, I have, well, I've got a bunch of Dolphins. Like, I've got Salvin Ahmed. I've got Matt Breida, uh, Cam Akers, Christian McCaffrey. uh, And then on IR, I've got Miles Gaskin. Okay. So that's that's my running back room. Yeah. Oh, and I've got. Forgot my oh, right. one of my top yeah. draft picks, uh, so Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I've story. got as well. Are you
1: are you yeah. happy with so. how he's performed? Um, you know, wish he had done more. I mean, obviously, we all wish all, all of our players had produced more. But like, is he kind of slated where you thought he would be? Or he's consistent
0: um, as far as points go for for a rookie. I had hoped, you know, like when week one happened. Um, I got really excited cause he ran for, you know, 138 yards, got a touchdown. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I, man, did I pick the right guy? And then after that, like he, he kind of didn't hit that again, but he does receive now. So like he, he'll get you, you know, he probably averages probably 40 to 50 yards rushing and then another 50 to 60 yards receiving a game ish somewhere in there. So he's not, a guy that I would start in my RB one and RB two position, but he's a flex for sure. Um, yeah, but not a bust. I mean, I drafted him really high. Um, but I'm pretty happy with where he is as far as running backs go. I mean, he's pretty comparable to Josh oh, Jacobs yeah. who I have as well. I don't even know if I mentioned him. Um, but he's pretty, yeah, he's my RB two spot right now because of, uh, McCaffrey being out. um, So he's comparable to to Josh Jacobs' stats. Uh, Jacobs has nine touchdowns, which is great. Uh, Edwards only has four, but their yardage is pretty close. And then his receiving yards is is more than Josh Jacobs. So I guess that's where you'd compare him right now. And
1: then on the wide um, receiver side, as far as stats go, I, I don't think there's much argument for saying that the the best waiver pickup this season at the wide receiver position has been Justin Jefferson. I mean, this guy has been an absolute stud at the position. Um, he has, he's actually tied for the league, uh, tied for first in the league of, um, 20, uh, of receptions that have gone, uh, for 20 plus yards. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's been performing and he's been performing in a massive way. I mean, he's, he's a tremendous deep threat and he's put up the numbers to, 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 Easily put him as your, you know, your, I would say your your wide receiver one or two, on a week in and week out basis. Um, and then uh, anybody else that you would add on the on the wide receiver front? I mean, there's some other ones. I mean, Travis Fulham, I mean, really took the benefit of, of uh, a depleted receiving core, uh, with you know Al- Alshon Jeffrey being out, Jalen Rieger being out, um, Zach Ertz being out, I guess. Uh, so he he did put together a nice. I don't know where he's going to kind of finish the season with guys getting healthy now. Um, Anybody else that you kind of see, like who, how, how have you done it at the receiver position so far? Like, where do you see, like, I think you mentioned, you've got Tyreek on your roster. Um, Obviously probably your number one receiver, I would imagine, but you know, on your, in your depth, where have you seen um, somebody who maybe? uh, maybe wasn't on your roster at first or or or, or, or was maybe down low on your, who was going to be traditionally, you know, more of a, of a bench replacement uh, on a bye week. Where have you seen, uh, where have you seen some, some someone come out and, and pop off the page for you? Nobody. Okay. Um,
0: nobody. <laughs> not, not, uh, yeah. None of my receivers have really, uh, I would say popped off the page. Um, I mean, my receivers, I got Tyreek Hill in my my number one spot. Uh, Michael Thomas is back in my number two spot. But, I mean, he's been hit and miss all year. Uh, AJ Brown, I got, was one of my top draft picks this season. And then uh, I've got, like, a bunch of guys I've got stashed that aren't doing anything. Like, Chris Godwin's doing nothing. Jerry Judy's doing nothing. Um, Deontay Johnson out of Pittsburgh, I think, maybe – has done better than I expected, 583, four touchdowns. Um, Jarvis Landry isn't getting the touchdowns, unfortunately. Um, Hunter Renfro isn't doing anything that I thought he would, so I'm disappointed in him. Um, And then my biggest bust for wide receiver is Preston Williams. I mean, he's got four touchdowns, uh, but his yardage has been like nothing. Um, But as far as as guys that I would say, uh, one guy that I would say was a – Big waiver ad if if you were fortunate enough to get him because he definitely wasn't drafted he was owned in 3.2 percent of leagues uh, yeah. after the drafts yeah. uh, is yeah. Chase Claypool uh, yeah. Canadian boy uh, he's got he's got eight touchdowns like eight touchdowns he's pre he probably won't hit a thousand yards in the season he's at six eleven um, so he probably won't hit the the uh, the thousand mark but I mean he's got eight touchdowns and the league lead is thirteen uh, Tyreek Hill. so I mean. He's he's well on his way, um, yeah. and I, yeah. and I know he like he wasn't drafted very much. He's been added quite a bit. So if you were fortunate enough to jump on him right away, um, you've probably enjoyed the the ride. In saying that, he's only cracked a hundred yards once, yeah. um, and he has gone some games yeah. without touchdowns. But he is I mean, pretty all, consistent that, uh, with his I mean, points. With, especially
1: so. with receivers, um, having getting a touchdown can save can save the week for a receiver. I mean, it could be marginal at best in the, in the yardage department. But if they, if they catch a pass and it goes into the end zone, um, you're probably going to be pretty content with how he ends up for the week, uh, with that regard. So, yeah, I mean, someone like Chase Claypool is going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, a very important one. So nice ad there. Um, tight ends. You, you already mentioned Robert Tanyan. Um, Johnny Smith is another one. Uh, Johnny Smith, who is, who he's my tight end right now. Um, yeah, he's, he's got seven touchdowns. Um, typically, that's kind of at least lately, he's, that's all he's been good for. Like He really hasn't been targeted a lot. Uh, last game, he wasn't targeted a single time. I mean, obviously, Derrick Henry was carrying the load and, and basically winning the game on his, putting the game on his back to, to win it, but um, I, obviously, I, you know, being an owner of his, would have liked to have seen more production of him at least getting a little, a few more looks out there, but um, I'm riding the, the Johnny Smith train right now, probably until the end, unless uh, unless something comes up available on the wire that I can that I can do for the playoffs. But uh, yeah, um, defense and defensive players, you can probably talk about this more than I can because in my league we don't uh, we we will we draft team defenses, but we don't draft defensive players specifically. So you've got a couple of guys that you want to mention. uh yeah on the defensive side
0: um i i drafted my defense uh really low um where did i draft them my yeah no i didn't even oh yeah there we go my 27th uh pick which was the 269th pick in the draft um was the dolphins defense um it's because i'm a dolphins fan that's the only reason why i took them and they they've uh They've been a big surprise. They're a top five defense in in fantasy right now, um, and the Indianapolis Colts, uh, which were only owned uh, by four uh, percent after the draft, um, they're they're a top three or four um, defensive team. I just want to see right now they are do do owned. They are owned in eighty eight percent of the leagues now, so that's quite quite the jump. Um, I actually, I own the the Steelers as well, which is apparently the number one owned defensive team in the NFL at 99.8%. Um, but I usually play the Dolphins more often. And then as far as defensive players go, um, Buda Baker and Emmanuel Ogba, um, both those guys went mostly undrafted for uh, leagues that have defensive players and they have had outstanding seasons so far this year. Um, so those have been the the top two, I think, waiver ads for most people in the leagues right now, because everybody else that's performing well was expected to and was basically drafted. So uh Buda Baker and, and Emmanuel Opka were not drafted in, in most leagues. Um I actually drafted both of them apparently. I don't remember drafting them, but I did. <laughs> they were like way down at the bottom of my draft. So I kinda I guess I got kind of fortunate there but right. they've been the best uh, waiver ads so far for that position. Um, and I want to throw in, um, we, I did, didn't mention it before. Uh, so Tom Brady was only drafted in 11% of leagues when the draft okay. happened. So most of the ads came, came much later. And, and if, yeah. So if you added Tom Brady, um, you know, he, he's top five quarterback in fantasy football throwing over 3000 yards, 28 touchdowns. So he's been, he's been pretty consistent with uh, his play. Um, I don't know why he didn't go drafted in so many leagues, but yeah, I guess apparently. you know Cam Newton was a better option. Apparently,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've uh, <laughs> worked we've out well. <laughs> covered a lot of information, I think, so far, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that we can talk about in terms of strategies and stuff like that. And we would obviously never be the ones to be to basically tell you, you know, how to run your team or how to play and who to start, who to sit, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's experts out there. Uh, there are a lot of resources online. Uh, to go to Danny, I know you follow you're on Twitter a lot and you follow quite a few places i mean who are your who are your go tos when it comes to inside information and uh, information in regards to uh, fantasy so one of the
0: things that you know if you're looking to to take fantasy football a little bit seriously and and kind of get ahead of the curve a little bit or ahead of the the people. Um, I recommend getting a Twitter account, even if you never use it. Um, get a Twitter account, and the people that I like to follow are Ian Rapoport, um, The Draft Network, Jason Lakinfora, NFL Network, Rich Eisen, ESPN, and TSN. And the reason for following uh, those types of guys and, and, and uh, Twitter handles is because they often break um, news pretty, pretty fast – um, so if a guy is going to be out or is doubtful or has an injury or whatever the case is, you're probably going to hear it from one of those places first. So it kind of gives you an edge that as soon as you see that pop up on Twitter, you can bolt to your league and, and make adjustments as it happens. Um, so for example, when when news broke out um, that Will Fuller, the uh, top uh, wide receiver for uh, the Texans was getting suspended. I, I saw that immediately and I hopped on our fantasy football league and quickly checked to see, you know, which um, wide receivers were left in, in the Texans. So if you did that, um, that was really smart uh, for you to do. Um, so you would have uh, looked to have added two guys. So the two guys you, you want to look to add the two wide receivers, uh, the number one who should be the, the number two wide receiver now, uh, is Kiki Kuti um, and then Isaiah Kulture uh, um, are the two, the, the number two, number three wide receivers for the Texans. So immediately you should have jumped on it. So being on Twitter kind of gives you that little edge. And then outside of Twitter, um, I really like PFT, which is pro football talk. Um, they often have some good thoughts as, as far as, you know, players who could do well against certain teams uh roto world and pro football focus are other ones um there's certain ones to kind of stay away from that you know aren't updated as quickly like yahoo i find doesn't really update things very fast so i like to find the ones that you know give me good information and if it works out one Um, week then i'll kind of that's all really
1: good information i mean uh i think another guy i would add to your twitter list is probably adam schefter as well um who i've at least I've seemed to got a lot of information from him as well, but it could be just kind of repeated from these other guys too. I mean, bottom line is, is you, I think you want to you, if you really want to be in the know follow as many of these people as possible. I mean, it's not going to be hard to find out who's going to give you the most information after you're following them for a week, even um, Danny, I wanted to talk about some story. Yeah. If, if, Oh, I just want to add one thing. If you
0: have a favorite team. Uh, so for example, for me, the Miami dolphins, I follow all of the Miami Dolphins uh, beat writers. So all the guys who, you know, aren't famous names, uh, so so to speak, but they're local guys who work for like the Miami Herald and all that kind of stuff. Um, I follow those guys because I usually get inside information about, well, it's not really inside because it's public, but you get information that the general public wouldn't really catch on because they don't follow that team per se. So I've been able to hop on like certain running backs that people don't hear of until the game. Um, I've already got them on my team. So if you have a favorite team or or a couple of favorite teams, follow the beat writers because they're going to get you information about that team immediately. You'll know who the practice squad guys to look for. You'll know guys who get called up uh, before Ian Rappaport gets on it. Um, So if you do have favorite teams that you like to, to follow, follow their beat writers um, and, and you'll get, like, really, really quick inside information that the public um, generally doesn't get to so, a yeah,
1: game um, in terms of strategies and stuff. And, I mean, this is not necessarily strategies overall for your game. Um, but, I mean, there's some aspects of fantasy, especially if you're new that you uh, – I've kind of mentioned trades a little bit in terms of, you know, having trades. I mean, obviously, they happen a lot more in the redraft leagues as opposed to the the, the dynasty or keeper leagues. Um but I've heard of this thing and this is the first year I heard about it is how some leagues or I guess commissioners, depends on how you, how you structure it have this thing called the veto. So where a trade essentially can get vetoed for one of many reasons. Maybe, I guess, I mean, you, maybe you put it to a vote or um, the commissioner makes the decision to veto it and, I gather it's a lot of it has to do with how fair the trade is like are you trading you know an RB1 and and your tight end for um a streaming defense for example or you know that kind of thing like where does it seem fair that to both sides as to what's happening and um there's people who are who are uh, like you know players experts out there who who do fantasy on a regular basis who are fantasy advice gurus out there who who believe in the veto there's others who don't believe in the veto um i don't know if 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 vetoes have ever come into play into your league or if you've you've heard of this term and just wanted to know like do you like how do you feel about this like do you feel like the decision to do a trade for example should be based on just the two people who are or the or the three or whatever who are doing the trade and leaving any of the uh leaving the politics out of it, so to speak, or how do you feel about that? Okay.
0: So our league has the commissioner veto. Um, there's a, there's a two day reject period. Um, so there's, there's a two day buffer. So one of the positives of having a commissioner veto is, you know, if, if you're on the app, sometimes you could accidentally hit accept instead of decline. Um, so in a situation like that, you could quickly message the commissioner and say, Hey, I meant to push, you know, reject, but for some reason it it goofed up on me and it hit accept. Can you cancel that trade? Um, so like I, that's that has happened and we've we've had that happen. Um, the other thing that a commissioner veto prevents is if a team knows that they're out of the playoffs, so collusion, and you know they're trying to help their friend. You know, get, yeah, exactly. That stops that. Um, it, it, hasn't happened in our league where that's, cause I mean, we're, we're good, honest people for the, for the most part, <laughs> there, there's, there are some question mark teams and I've been a part of it. So I, I won't say that. Um, but you know, it, it, this prevents like a team deciding, okay, I'm going to send you all my best running backs so that you can, you know, you can win the championship kind of thing. So having a commissioner veto prevents that. Um, I don't like the league vetoes. I think that's kind of silly yeah. that you give, you let everybody have a say. Um, you know, we, 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 like, we're not going to allow people to take advantage of ones. So if somebody really doesn't know football, like we're not going to allow people to be taken advantage of, and that doesn't happen in our league. But if, if a guy decides to offer up, you know, Henry to somebody and get a really goofy return on it, like low, not even worth it. If it's his offer and that's what he wanted to offer up and he feels happy with it, then who's the leak to say, no, that trade can't happen, you know? Um, so th- that's our situation. Like the, the commissioner has the veto where they just approve or, uh, a trade. And it, I, I don't think there's ever really been a decline based on what was fair. It's mostly just been, oops, I didn't mean to accept that. I meant to counter or yeah, I meant so, to reject so it or whatever. There's, there's um, good so that's really, that's all that's uh, been be used, used for.
1: Um, and yeah, but I mean, you, you see it, I mean, at least i've seen people talk about it a lot in regards to you know some trades that i've seen that have i mean from my short experience have seen have been you know seem fairly even in, in in the long run but i mean to leave it to one guy's opinion to basically just hit the x and say no not allowed can't do this kind of thing like then yeah yeah, yeah then then you're you know trying to compare what's valuable and what's not and i, I don't think a I don't think a commissioner or you know the, a, a league as, as a whole really should decide um, what players get get traded and to who, uh, unless it's like I said, you can unless you can can see it's clearly a, a, a collusion that's happening.
0: Yeah. And and a lot of trades that I've been a part of, unless there's been a lot of text back and forth, which usually happens within our league. There's a lot of texts back and forth and you decide on a trade and then you, you, you put it in. Um, but otherwise a lot of trades that, you know, say I offer up is me hoping for a back and forth counter, you know, so I might start off high and say, you know, I'll send you this guy. I want that guy, but because my guy is worth so much more, I want a second round pick, you know, and, clearly thinking they're going to counter and go with a fourth or something. But sometimes they accept yeah. those, and I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, I just got a second pick for that guy. That's pretty good, you know? So, you know, a lot of times you're hoping for a back and forth, but if they're fine with the terms, then, you know, let let the trade go through. Like, no one's trying to take advantage of each other. We're all, I mean, we've been in the league together for so long yeah. that basically we're, and all, and we're all good depending on the app and you play on, and you stuff buy like buy that. So
1: Kind of different loopholes. I mean, Taysom Hill being one where... I think there was at least one app that was allowing him to be played as a tight end, as opposed to a, a quarterback. And, you know, we all know that quarterbacks do, do and can put up more bigger numbers than a tight end can. But if you, if you haven't had an opportunity to put Taysom Hill as your tight end, he probably got you some good numbers uh, in that position. Um, whether or not, you know, some guys think that's fair or not. I mean, Hey, I guess, you know, to each their own kind of thing. I mean, um, fantasy can be not cutthroat, but it can you know you can get can get a few guys in there who who take it very seriously, and you know will will see that your quarterback is is hurt or on a buy and might pick up the top streaming option just to have him sit on the bench just so you can't get him. I mean, there's it's a – yeah oh yeah it's all that's what I'm talking about. It's all part of strategy. Well, that, like, that's all that's but, all strategy,
0: I mean, you know. And and I I played into your your idea, which actually you gave me the Boy. heads up. Um, so I went and added Kendall Hinton. <laughs> you know, because because he he's a wide receiver who was going to play quarterback. So I was thinking, oh man, this might give me you know an advantage here that if he throws for a touchdown, that'll be pretty decent wide receiver points. So he, uh, guy, he got me negative two points. <laughs> so like, yeah, a horrible game. No, not at all. You know, so thankfully Mahomes and Hill and the Dolphins defense gave me the win. But, you know, so you can take these types of gambles. It doesn't mean they're going to pay off, Um, but it's all it's all strategy. So one thing I like to do, Sid, actually, is I, I like to watch for guys who had a monster game, like especially early on in the season where maybe they weren't expected to do anything and a wide receiver gets like a 150 yard game and two touchdowns. And then the very next game, you know, it's another hundred yard game and two touchdowns. So I add those guys and trade them like, cause cause I know it's not going to be consistent as far as what I think. So it's like, I'll grab them while they're hot and I'll flip them usually for a draft pick because we're in a keeper league. So I'll flip them. I'll ask for like a nobody like, Oh, here's a guy on your team that has 20 points all season. Send me that guy. But I want, you know, a top five draft pick. So that's a strategy that I kind of do year to year. In, and, and unfortunately now my league is going to catch on to it when they listen to this. But so I like to sign guys as quickly as I can and yeah. then trade, yeah, trade them for their current yeah, value. And that sets me up for the, as the following season
1: of how you can play and how you can strategize. I mean, one of the things in our league is, is obviously, you know, we have waivers clear on um, Wednesday mornings. So, I mean, the top waiver guys, are there, and you've got we've got this thing, um, we've got this. Like I, I, I'm trying to remember what what it's called, uh, but basically you've got a, you've, you've got a hundred dollars um, that you can use throughout the season. Uh, it's free agent acquisition budget is what the term is, but it's fab. Um, so you've got we've given you given a hundred dollars to use on your waivers to sign certain guys. And obviously, you know, the goal is to make that last throughout the season because you don't want to be strapped at the end of the season because you've got a, some injured guys or busts that you're uh, dropping on your roster and adding new guys and you don't want to be without the money because sometimes, you know, the top guys are going to be are going to cost you a few bucks. And so, I mean, you know, you factor in the percentage of your, your fab and how much you feel like you can use every week. And sometimes, I mean, I've looked at it sometimes and been like, okay, well, you know, you can try and add a guy, put it in a claim for $1 if you want to try and get him, but you're not going to risk more than that and hold on to your money right now. So, um, you know, we started off with $100 and, uh, you know, we're into the second last week of the regular season. I don't know if the fab um, will apply to the playoffs, but I've got about 30 bucks left. So I've probably, you know, underconsumed so far, which I'm, I'm it's not like I, I, I feel like I missed out on anybody that I, I wasn't after. Uh, there were probably a few guys early on that I probably could have looked at that I was, you know, not worrying about breaking the bank on. So I mean, you, these are all things you think of throughout the season and you learn as you go. And, and yeah, I mean, nobody's going to be nobody's going to be perfect in how they do things and and how and what decisions they decide to do and don't do. So um, yeah, I think we.
0: Yeah, it's all, it's all about strategies. Like the salary cap leagues <clears throat> are pretty neat. Um, they require a little bit more attention. I find um, I, I, I never really bid on too much with the, with the salary cap type leagues. Um, I do like the idea of the, the waiver periods though. So it, which again, prevents collusion. Uh, I'm not a fan of the leagues where it's like, if you drop a guy, someone can pick him up right away. Cause you could have a deal, you know, going with a friend, be like, Hey, I'm going to drop this guy right yeah. now beyond to sign him. So I like the idea that there's a waiver period that you have to put a claim in and based on your position, you, you get them or not. I like those things. Um, if you're a mm-hmm. league owner and you have the undroppable list turned on, number one, I hate you. <laughs> but if I, number two, if you do that, please add more IR slots. Um, I hate the undroppable list. We don't follow it in our league. Um, but for those who don't know, the undroppable list is they they – they deem certain players that you positively cannot drop. And it's supposed to stop collusion. But if you have a guy like, say, Drew Brees, who would be on that list, who gets, you know, knocked out for the, the season, let's just say, and, and now you can't drop him to add another quarterback, you know, it's really unfair. So I hate those leagues that have the undroppable list turned on. Um, so if you can turn it off, otherwise, please increase your IR slots so that you can give people the opportunity. Um I wanted to add here so for a lot of leagues this is the last week this week coming up and then it's playoff time for most leagues so right now um did you want to is there anybody that you thought of Sid? otherwise I can name a few people of players to add um, immediately I mean, if it's, you don't have
1: who's available in your leagues right now um I know. I mean, you mentioned those those two receivers from Houston, which are probably going to be um, sought after a little bit because, I mean, ultimately they're going to be targets for Deshaun Watson to throw to now that Will Fuller is is, is out for a while. Um, I know. I mean, there was there. Were, I looking at the wire earlier on uh, this week, there really wasn't too many players that kind of stood out to me, but. I know you'd probably argue my point and you'd probably find a few that you, you, that you think are are, are going to be important uh, to have in the mix here on uh, this upcoming week, if you're kind of on the bubble for making the playoffs or not. So who do you got there?
0: Well, what I'd watch for... So let's just talk about quarterbacks first. So what I'd watch for right now is uh, the Miami Dolphins are playing the Bengals, okay? So... Watch this very closely. If Tua is not going to start, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a must start. He's a must add and a must start. He's only owned in 20% of leagues uh, fantasy wide. Um, so he, he's a must, must, must add. If Tua is a no-go, add Fitzpatrick. Another one um, is Mitchell Trubisky. He's, he's only owned in 3% of leagues. So if you need a quarterback this week, um, he's starting this week against Detroit. So that might be a pretty good ad uh, for wide receivers um, 0.2% owned Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo bills is a, is a must add. He's been added by 2000 uh, people right now. Um, so he's, he's a big one. Um, the, the biggest one, and he's only owned in half the leagues cause he was probably dropped because of IR situations, but Debo Samuel is back from San Francisco. He's been added in 63,000 <laughs> leagues. Um, so he, he's a guy that you should be adding. Um, and I, I mentioned the, the wide receivers out of, uh, Houston. Um, surprisingly Brandon cooks wasn't owned in, in more than 80% of the leagues. Uh, so he's a 8,000 pickup. Uh, but Kuti, the guy that I mentioned, 18,000 people really? have picked him up uh, and he's only owned in 0.8% of leagues. So if you're fighting for, if you're fighting for playoffs, water positioning, um, these are guys that you might want to jump on right away. Um, f- oddly enough too, um, as far as big time ads and, and, and low percentage owns uh, Kyle Rudolph um, is only owned in 13% of leagues. He's been added 10,000 times. He's a guy to watch against Jacksonville. He might be, he might be worth the, yeah. the watch uh, where it looks like he might be getting some uh, more playing time uh, this week. So those are some names, I, in my opinion, to watch for this week. Uh, if you're if you're a, a defensive, um, if you got defense, I might look at starting the Raiders against the Jets because uh, the Jets are terrible. Um, the Dolphins against Cincy is a must. Uh, Cincy gives up their 30th in the league for sacks, and the Dolphins love to sack. So <laughs> that, that might be a matchup nightmare. So if you have the Dolphins' defense or can add them, uh, please do so. They'd be a great start. So those are just some some names and, and such of if you're trying to win this
1: week, trying to Another make the playoffs, or to trying to get the uh, positioning out of the way you might is, want to have those guys. Uh, a guy that actually um, probably a lot of guys have on their injured reserve, but you're not too sure. I know in my league he was dropped because they thought he was out for the season, uh, is George Kittle. So the, the there are talks that he still might play this season. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be this week or next week, um, but he could be a, you know a guy that in your playoffs that you might be uh, able to start in the final game. Who knows? I don't know, it's, but if he's, he, if he's available and you've got a spot on your injur, injured reserve, uh, pick him up because uh, there was a guy in our league who did that, who saw that he was available, um, you know heard the rumblings that he's ahead of schedule with his re- recovery right now. And he's, I mean, we all know George Kittle is a game breaker. So um, that's one guy I would probably say if, if if you can just do a quick search, see if he's uh, a free agent right now and get him on your roster.
0: Yeah, uh, Kyle Shanahan said, uh, uh, just on Monday, that he's hoping yeah. that he's going to be back in the last couple of weeks. So that could be the last three games, the last two games, the last one game. E- either way, that's playoff time. Like you said, yeah. could be a championship game. Um, so he, you know, if he could be a must add, he, he's owned in, in our league. He's stashed on IR in, in our league. Um, but I know a lot of a lot of uh, there's eighty eighty two percent of leagues own him. So there's a good chunk of leagues that don't have him. So yeah, that's a good one if if you can add oh, him. Yeah. Um, especially if you're, if you're in a dynasty league, my goodness. And you dropped him. Oh my goodness. Go, go, go. Yeah. Go pick him up. (laughs) And, uh, I think, uh, Austin Eckler, um, he, he, uh, he's been added by 11,000 people. So I'm assuming he's probably added in most leagues by now, if you've caught on that he's back, but somebody that caught me by surprise that I didn't know was returning because it wasn't really talked about anywhere was uh, a Mostert, Raheem Mostert in San Fran. Um he he came back, he he played he didn't play a lot of snaps, but I mean he, he ran forty three yards. He got a touchdown. Um so if he's somehow available yeah. out there, if
1: people dropped him well, and didn't realize uh, he came back, go I snatch him. We covered dude, a lot a in this ad. uh in this episode here in regards to that. I think it said by no means are we going to do a weekly fantasy uh football podcast. I mean there are great ones to follow uh out there if you are looking for something like that, but we would, we just wanted to touch on this kind of give you our thoughts, our opinions and stuff. If you have any questions that you want uh, us to address in a future episode in in a different segment, uh, feel free to let us know, drop us a chat an email uh, however you wish, and we will definitely address it for you and get, uh, get some, get at least get our opinions on it. So,
0: yeah. And if you're a fan of this particular episode and you want us to, you know, do a fantasy episode, either, you know, every other week or something. Tell us that too. We're happy to talk about fantasy football. We're happy to give tips, as as Sid said. We, you know, we we come with two different types of experiences, Absolutely. but we're happy to help you try and win your week if you want us to be a part of that. So uh, <laughs> let's end this with uh, our usual. Well, that about does it for this episode of the Fanatic Podcast. With back and Sid, uh, check out. Uh, fanaticpodcast.com. You can find all of our podcasts there. Um, Today's quote is based on how we started, that life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you Uh, could miss
1: it.